101st edition of the Brisbane Football Review here on what is the 8th anniversary of Orange Sunday edition number one. It's James Scott and Adam here with you this afternoon and well we're all feeling a little bit nostalgic today aren't we Adam? Well yeah it's uh, 8 years I can't believe it's been that long. Um, like I said it's still to me the, the greatest A-League game of all time. Scott how are you? I'm great James I haven't listened to that audio it's even better again I mean what a fantastic night that was. You do get the goosebumps yeah. remembering that night at Suncorp Stadium, or what was actually a roasting afternoon, like it once again is today, just unfortunately without the torrential downpour well, for half an hour or so. I was going to say it was roasting for a half of the game, then it mm. turned yeah. into like a monsoon. Yeah, so we thought we'd open up today's show, because it is the anniversary, with a few memories of that, and if you've got your own memories of Orange Sunday Edition 1 to share, then feel free to send them through to uh, Brisbane Football Review at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook is The Raw Review. We're still working on changing that to Brisbane Football Review. It's a long story. Where's the appeal? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll uh, leave the Court of Arbitration. It's going to be a two-hour show if we go into all of that. <laughs> yes, so let's keep going. Twitter is at BNE Football, and I might just actually make a call on the fly here and say some of the best uh, responses we get we might read on next week's show because oh yeah it was a fun day and we might just go through some of our memories as well while we're at it and quite honestly my biggest memory is part of loose header hitting the back of the net and then i blacked out for a good you know 30 odd seconds where apparently i lost my tiny little mind that sounds about right i remember because i was right behind that goal just on the angle of header was going and i last thing i remember is his head making contact with the ball and the next thing was like the second penalty was being taken 
I didn't even know the shootout had started. It was just pandemonium. I was right down in front of that shootout. Jeez, where were you guys sitting? I was, I was, uh, I was th- ne- neatly tucked up in the western stand. Look, um... We weren't all in the prawn sarni seats, all right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was in the eastern side, and yeah. I spent the first half cooking, and then the second half getting drenched and trying to shield myself with those little Hyundai hand clappers they were giving out, which disintegrated, I should point out. <laughs> uh, but look, my, my um, favourite memory is that as actually um, Theo's uh, second save that went denied Bowich. That was just, you knew you knew then because uh, obviously you backed on Enrique to, to score the penalty. You knew then, finally, it, it was it was coming to Brisbane. Yeah, at that point you knew it, like all they've got to do is make one of their next two and they're fine. Yeah. But I kind of want to go off on a little tangent here. And just, so we were about row ten in line in the eastern stand, in line with where the shootout was, and. My friend Chris, who unfortunately is a Sydney fan, and I don't think listened to this show anyway, so hi Chris, uh, he uh, tried to video this on his you know, 2001 era smartphone, and all it is is just shaking, he had to hand it to one of the other guys we were sitting with, who had a slightly more stable hand at that point in time, but it was a fantastic afternoon, but yeah, my big memory is uh, the ball was put out by, I think, Daniel McBreen for that final corner, and I'm... Theo's in line with me. And I think I actually said this to him when I interviewed him last Easter. I was sitting there basically swearing at him saying, get up, get up in the box. (laughs) And unfortunately, the stadium was that loud at that point. He was trying to yell at the bench and wasn't getting a single response. So that happened. And then I was trying to work out, okay, if they get ahead on this, at what point do I know that it's either in or out? Because like your depth perception is not great from that angle. Yeah. And I'm just going, hang on, is it in? Is it in? Oh my God, the net's bulging. Gone. Yeah. I knew it was in because it was heading straight for me and I was on that angle on the corner of the net. So I knew it was going in. But a couple for me was, firstly, in the lead up to that the foul from Visconti, I was getting ready to blow up at the referee for giving it because to me it looked like a foul. Hi, Graham Arnold, for yeah. that. But <laughs> also, when Slawsner had a shot about 60 minutes into the game, I, it was the, in the middle of that monsoon. I thought that was going to be a goal as well. That was an unbelievable save for Maddie Ryan. But... In the shootout, I just remember being completely calm. Speak I don't for know, yourself. I don't, I don't know if it was just the fact that they scored the last minute equaliser and I was still just out of it, but by the time the shootout had started, I had it took that long for me to get my head back in control. It was all, They were already basically up in the shootout by that point anyway, so I just remember being completely calm at that point. I was just thinking, oh God, what the hell's going to happen next? Yeah, no, I, I think... Yeah, you know, going back to the, the that faithful header, you know, I think you almost knew um, when the call was taken, you could see Big Eric Pardlew, you know, sort of aim, you know, running towards, you know, the six-yard box. I think you knew then, well, if he gets if he gets anywhere near this, you know, we're go, we're going to penalties. But also as well, I think as well, there wouldn't be memories for those uh, unfortunate souls that decide to give up on the roar and you now head for the buses uh, early. Them. So uh, good. Yeah. Let the bandwagon get out. Let the true fans who were there the yep. whole time enjoy it. I might have gotten some very strange looks um, from some people around me swearing at and what I'm guessing was a lovely Italian family, you know, wearing the Del Piero toddy jerseys and everything <laughs> for leaving in about the 115th minute. But... I have three claim to fames on Brisbane Royal Grand Finals. At, in about the 112th minute, when the Mariners started taking the ball to the corner, I was yelling at them, going, it's too soon for you to do that. Don't even think about it. And then everyone t- like that I was sitting with turned to me and was like, what do you think is going to happen? And I went, that's no, okay. They're all going to score two and win in a shootout because I haven't got enough time to score three here. <laughs> and if jo- only you had time, the, um, time your employers yeah. at the current time, well, you could have made a fortune off that. Well, I will, I will own up to the fact that that was more just blind optimism <laughs> than anything else. 
then also for the um, uh, next grand final, Perth the following year, I said Raw are going to uh, win 2-1 and Barish is going to score a late goal to win it. And then I also said uh, for the Wanderers grand final, Brisbane would win in extra time. So next time I make the grand final, I'm asking you what's going to happen then. And actually, as a little bit of a tangent, it's a nice reminder that you know there's always hope yeah. for next season for a club like Brisbane because if we all think back to the 09-10 season where what was, let's be honest... Yeah. A shell of a pretty yeah. rubbish squad was turned around by the master coach, Andrew Postacoglu, yeah. and then uh, next thing you know, they've won the double, 36 games unbeaten, and let's be honest, the club is primed for a rebuild right now, Scott. Sorry, just before we transition to that, I remember Adam was talking about how the header with Pardaloo was clearly going, and he had another great one early in the second half, which he put wide as well, so that was clearly coming. They'd all obviously worked on Pardaloo making that right into the box and getting a header, yeah, so well, that head, it yeah. was coming. Yes, well, and also actually, since we're just finishing that, I remember showing up to uni the next day, still in my rural jersey, with no voice whatsoever. Fair effort showing up. Yeah. I know, I didn't do anything for two days after that. That was the uh, Perth Grand Final when I managed to pick up a cold afterwards. Anyway, as I just mentioned with my uh, attempted segue there, look, the roar at the moment, things aren't going as well as they were this time eight years ago. I was enjoying enjoying (laughs) the trip around. You have to come back to reality. No, no, I think we have to talk about it. Yes, that's right. Well, we're already, you know, nine minutes into this segment. (laughs) And, hey, I'm I'm always one for a trip down memory lane. And let's be honest, if you're listening to this, there may be a few more trips down memory lane to come in the (laughs) next couple of months as we wrap up season 2018-19. But, for the time being, I think we need to talk about what happened Friday night after... um, We just did. Yeah. (laughs) Look, let's be honest. We knew there were going to be goals in this game. I was hoping they'd be a little bit more evenly split than Wanderers 4, Brisbane 1, but it got off to a good start. That's something. No, it did. got to a great start with that goal from Dylan Wenzel Halls. Again, another fantastic strike from the young guy, and he's really making that spur his own now. I mean, you can much ask him the question, do the Raw actually need a striker for next season? Because the way he's scoring goals since he's been given the starting job, it's a fantastic strike rate. Absolutely. Well, he's playing phenomenally, and it was a fantastic, uh, was it just right-footed strike into the far top yeah. corner. And I was sitting there going, "No way! That was just ridiculous." What? And what are the Raw doing scoring first? Yeah, look, um, Dylan Wenzel Hall. He's, he's, he's a player, you know, is playing on confidence at the moment. We know we know his goal-scoring record in the NPL, and I think something's just just switched on. It's like you know what? The jump from A League to from NPL mm-hmm. to A League as a goal scorer is not that far. You just have the confidence in doing it. I think he's actually found found some rhythm. So four four goals in five games now in the A League. So he uh, he he's going pretty well. But um after that, you know, it, it's almost like oh we all thought they're gonna try and win it one nil. Yeah, well it it uh, I'm trying to think of the polite way to say this, but they really look like a side that didn't quite recover from having a week off there. It was pretty ordinary defensively, wasn't it? They were standing off there, they were sitting way too deep. They were inviting the Wanderers on and look, the Wanderers aren't the greatest team, but they're a team into pretty good form themselves, and they just took advantage of it. Guys like Riera and some of the wide guys, um, Bonavazio as well, had a fantastic game, and they just punished the Raw for their lax defending. For me, Mitchell Duke was a standout. Yeah, I, 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 I vaguely remember him, well, not vaguely, but I remember him you know, being a right player, you know, playing for Central Coast before he went off to Japan. He's come back, and I think he's really, he, he really looked the goods. Um, so, yeah, no, he, he was in, in everything. You know, Riera, you know, he loves to score a goal against the Raw. And, um, and yeah, look, I just think 
once once they they were down one nil, once they equalised straight away, I think it was always going to be one winner. And now that's and this the red and black tightest right over top of them. That's right. All right, uh, we're going to hear what Darren Davies had to say about the game in his post-match press conference. Uh, Darren, uh, good start with that tracking goal, but then uh, like apart from that, the first half wasn't sort of up to scratch, was it? No, I completely agree. Um, I think <clears throat> with your comments, we scored a great goal. Um, good combination play. Matty Mackay, little flick around the corner in the middle of middle of park. Ball switch to Dills. Dills comes inside and tremendous finish. And I thought, well, that's a really positive start. But I think you're right. Um, thereafter, in the first half, we didn't we didn't pass the ball as well as we could. We didn't we didn't get on the football. We didn't um, we didn't control the game as you know we would have liked to have done. And Western Sydney were on top. Um, we spoke about that half time. That's all you know. That was probably the key messaging. Get on the ball, pass the football, and um, you know try and dominate the second half. And look, I thought we were we were better in the second half. I thought I don't know about I don't know the possession stats in the second half in isolation, but I thought that we kept the ball better certainly. Um, yes, they counted us a few times, um, but I thought we kept the ball better in the second half um, without really creating too much this evening. I think uh, there's a couple of things to that, and first, first and foremost, you know, you're right about the, the goals we conceded. And what I would like to say is that we defend as a team and we attack, attack as a team. So there's, you know, that we're, we're a collective there. Um, so we need to defend better as a team. But yes, you know, championships I suppose are built on defence and uh, keeping clean sheets. So that's that's uh, certainly an area where it's obvious we need to improve. And that was Darren Davies after what was a fairly rough night at the office. And yeah, there's not much you can say. One thing I want to point out also about Isaac Powell, I kind of thought he had a bit of a rough start to that game, especially in the first half. I thought they really did try and go after him a little bit there. And it looked like he was chasing a little bit, but to his credit, he actually, you know, didn't stop trying. And I did think maybe bounce back a little bit more in the second half. The other reason why I wanted to bring up Isaac Powell as well, the Royal announced, I think it was yesterday, that uh, he's actually taking part in World's Greatest Shave, I believe. He's shaving off that fantastic hair. Yeah, Can't the, do that. The, ju- the junior uh, slideshow bob hair. <laughs> That's where all the talent is, isn't it, in the hair? <laughs> yes. I, hope he's, I hope he's not like Samson. Yes. <laughs> you beat me to that by half a second. So yeah, check out the Raw Facebook page for the uh, link there, or their Twitter account, yeah. or probably Instagram as well, and they'll have more information on that. And yeah, looking forward to seeing what... Uh, well, how Isaac Powell can bounce back from that, because I think okay. he's going to, you know, they're going to back him for the end of the season yeah. in part because they kind of have to, but the game really wasn't helped by the fact that the Raw just, they haven't got anyone to play defence. I was actually kind of half expecting Matt McKay to need to step in again. Yeah, well, I just, I know I know he, he was injured, but geez, I hope they don't uh, consider Daniel Bowles at right back again because he got absolutely skinned alive in that. And that's, look, he, he's a good defender, but he's, he's not a right back. And um, Wanderers... And Wanderers just really took him to town. You know, yeah. it, it was actually, yeah, it was hard to watch at times how easily they were past yeah. him. Daniel Lex on a right back either, but I thought he acquitted himself quite well over there in the second half. I mean, for a young guy who's played right back a couple of times in the wide league, but he's a, 
as Darren Davies says in his press conference, he's a, he's all right. He's a right winger, yeah. and he he acquitted himself quite well in the position. So yeah, give him credit for that. I don't think Daniel Leck really has anything that he can be too disappointed yeah. about, all things considered. Uh, you know, I, I did actually raise a question with the people I was sitting with on Saturday night. Is this going to be the next Michael Zullo? Could be oh, Dan Ingham, to be fair. Yeah, well, <laughs> but uh, no, I just had that thought. But as it turns out, it was more a case of uh, needs rather than strategy. So more to come on that uh, defensive crisis a little bit later. And um, yeah, I think that's about everything I want to talk about for that game. Just about Lockerlingo making his debut. I yes. thought he did okay, but I thought they were kind of direct in trying to get him the ball. Like too many high balls up to him, they might want to. Use his just reevaluate the way they get the ball to him. Yeah. But he showed he's got a bit, bit about him, so... Yeah, we missed we missed out on a Ellie Babal um, uh, sort of debut as well. I think I think uh, there, was, uh, there might have been every attempt to bring him on, but I think when um, Bowles got substituted at half-time, I think that really mm-hmm. sort of messed up the, um, the rotation. So hopefully we'll uh, get to see him you know, shortly. Yeah, that and the um, Isaac Powell cramp, which was pretty mm-hmm. noticeable that he was cramping up yeah. for about 10 minutes before he actually did get taken off. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we've had a bit of a high and low segment one, haven't we? Talking about you know the memories of Orange Sunday edition one and the four one loss to the Wanderers. So, what do you say we take a break and come back and talk about the NPL results? We can talk about Orange Sunday one some more. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And we're back on the Brisbane Football Review for Segment 2, our NPL recap. We should just point out from uh, Segment 1 a quick uh, bit of audio update. The, obviously, grand final audio came from Fox Sports and the press conference audio came from Scott. Ooh, yes. you're lucky you got in there. Yes. yes. Well, I, I actually took a bit of a guess. I did, didn't know if it was you or Adam. Oh, no, no, I, uh, we don't care. It's, 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 credit, it's crediting Fox, I think you need to make sure. Yes, absolutely. And uh, uh, I always love hearing Simon Hill for that. Hmm. It's good, it's good sharing an elevator with him on, uh, <laughs> on Friday night. Yeah, and after doing that game, I'm fairly certain he was just ready to get out and get to... Ah, uh, that was actually probably it. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a look he gave us. Really nice guy. I spoke to him yeah. before anyway. No, I've, I said it's been years since I, I spoke to him last in the, uh, the Australian Embassy in Tokyo. Well, all I will say about Simon Hill, boy, he is tall. He is. Yes. All right. Segment two, NPL recap. Now... We've got two games that we're going to really, really focus on. First of all, the game you two were at was yep. out at AJ Kelly Park and a little bit of, a little bit of drama out there between Penn Power and Gold Coast Knights, Scott. Yeah, this game lived up to the billing first versus second because it was a fantastic game between two really good sides. Gold Coast took the lead early and they looked like they were going to hang on. They were they were really playing, just, they were controlling the game really well. There was a bit of a midfield, midfield struggle after their goal, but when Peninsula brought on Seku Jamonde, the game just completely changed and... They just they don't know how to lose at the moment. That's what I said to Ben Ryan after the game. You don't know how to lose at the moment. It's unbelievable. I mean, the streak that they're on is unbelievable. Yeah, it was. It looked uh, pretty dramatic getting the updates there. And obviously, two late goals for Pen Power. Jamonde in the 76 minute and Fox in the 81st from yep. the penalty spot. Uh, Cancelled out Sam Smith's opener as well. So there's a lot of good goal scorers going around NPL Queensland right now. Yeah, look, um, they, it's, it's funny. Like obviously, uh, when we we're at AJ Kelly Park, we're sort of amongst the um, amongst the fans. You could hear around about the you know, 50th minute going, get Jamunday on, get Jamunday on. Yeah. They all believe up there. He, he is an X factor. And boy, did he deliver. Because that, that goal 
that he scored. It was a cracking goal. Yeah. Think think Wenzel Hall's from Friday night. That was pretty much yeah. the same as what Jamunday did yeah. on Saturday night to, to equalise. And that changed on its head because the momentum went with, with power. Yeah. And then obviously then conceding that penalty, they conceded that penalty in the uh, first minute. And that was the game. But yeah. you, like I said, they're showing championship quality yeah. at the moment. As Sam, their media manager, continually was saying for about 15 minutes before like, get him on, he makes things happen. Now, he mm. didn't say things. He said something else that... Would get me banished to Western Pride if I said it, but <laughs> but he he does make things happen when he comes on. I mean, yeah, oh, I think that's no, there's no doubt he's going to be the difference maker yep. for Pride going forward. Um, yeah, and three, pen- three out of six games now, Power have trailed a comeback and won, and to keep yeah. their perfect record going. So look, that's a sign of a very very good team when they are finding yeah. a way to win. And on that, by the way, I've been corrected because the last two weeks I've said they're unstreetened. Be- unbeaten streak goes back to June of 2016. It's June of 2017. Okay. So yeah, I gave them an extra year of credit. I said you should have taken it, but I've been told to correct that. It was 2017, their last loss in the league. In the Okay, fair yeah. enough. Um, now, moving on to the game I was at and calling with uh, Simon Smell for Football Queensland. By the way, quick plug, you can check out all the heights... All the highlights and full replays for every single NPL game on the Football Queensland YouTube channel. You some people are going to listen to you again, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. No, that was good. Well done. Thank no. you. Yeah, that was a lot of fun calling yeah. that game with Simon, even if the result might not have been. And How'd you go picking the gold numbers? Yeah, not great. Because <laughs> it, it was a hot night on Saturday as yeah, well. Yeah, it was. And sticky, I think, was an appropriate word for the conditions. Yep. And when the players got a little bit sweaty as well, so the blue on the back of the Brisbane City shirts... It wasn't great for me. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that, but it was, well, let's be honest, a worse night for Brisbane City. Uh, as the Lions ran out 7-0 winners, and two things um, that really jump out for me on that game where I might have uh, had a little bit of fun at Graham Arnold's expense talking about how 2-0 is the most dangerous scoreline in all of football. He'll actually be at the uh, International Football Co- uh, Coaches Conference down on the Gold Coast in late May, and Simon and I were talking about that, and that prompted the reference as Lions were winning 2-0 there. Whoops. And also, I think... They showed you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, it was... They're back in business, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. Uh, I might have said, coming back uh, from half-time, that uh, hello to everyone tuning in from the A-League, which is currently a ridiculous blowout at 6-0 with Wellington over Central Coast. (laughs) Next thing you know... Uh, Lions put three in in the space of four minutes with uh, Nathan Reardon, Marek Mardley, who, by the way, total strikers poacher goal. That one was going in elsewhere, and he said, no, mine, and poached it from about six millimetres out. That's all good strikers That must must have been why, um, because obviously we were were covering that game remotely uh, on Facebook for... um, on on that game, we we actually thought that Nathan Shepard actually scored that same goal. They'll explain it that yeah. the Madley yeah. sharked him. Yeah. Oh, it was a total poacher. <laughs> <laughs> no good. No good on him. It's good to see him going, sort of continuing on his ways. And then yeah, uh, Nathan Shepard got one a couple of minutes later, but it was. Was so, it Liam Walpole with the overhead acrobatic goal? There wasn't an overhead acrobatic goal. It looked goal. like there was one to me. There Maybe. was a near one, but yeah. uh, he kind of... It was a yeah. high volley from That might be what I was memory. thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Um, it was one of those strange nights for Jake Clancy, the Brisbane City goalkeeper, where he pulled off some absolutely phenomenal saves throughout the game. A couple early on where there was a bit of a shoot on site policy from about 18 to 20 yards for Lions, and then Danny Kim got one in, and yeah, that Nathan Reardon one, 
he would love for the footage to be deleted from that very, very quickly. And also probably the last one as well from uh, Chris Hatfield. So, yeah. It's a good thing for him to get on the score sheet from Lions' perspective as well because he's had a bit of a rough start to the year and he was a big off-season acquisition. So if he's starting to heat up now, they really are finding their form. I mean, it's taken them a couple of weeks to get going, but they're becoming the side we all thought they'd be. Yeah. And i gotta, I got to admit, the uh, ladder going up to the commentary position at Lions... First time you climb it, a little bit nervous. First time you climb down, a little bit nervous. Second time, you're fine. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it was... Yeah, that was you a up lo- on the roof at Olympic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit nervous about that one, but I'm, sh- I'm sure I'll make do as well, because it's not like it gets that cold out at Goodwin Park, is it? Never. There's no birds around that'll freak you out. Yeah. Or oh, God. <laughs> oh, we, weren't, we weren't thinking about the cold. That's, that's the least of your worries. I completely forgot about the magpies at Goodwin <laughs> Park. <laughs> All right, some of the other results... Um, it was a dramatic night of MPL. Uh, Redlands 4-3 over Magpies Crusaders. What a miracle that was. I'm glad that game's on tape, because that wasn't on tape. I'd need that confirmed to me. 3-0 mm. up and a man up, man, man down, and you still win, they win 4-3. That's unbelievable stuff. I mean, fair play to Redlands, because we've given them a bit of stick for the start of the season yeah. that they've had, but maybe they've turned the corner slightly down there. Well, yeah, if you're going to have trouble defending, then the best, <laughs> the best way to counter that is score. Yeah. And... You know, we we should mention they've got uh, Shuto Kubiyama, who one of the best named strikers going around, and also one of the best strikers going around as well. Yeah, no, look, um, that, that's one thing. It's no surprise seeing him, you know, get a hat trick. So, look, you know, if they can build something around him um, and get the defence at least, you know, halfway going, look, it, it's early to say whether you know they they're certainly not out of relegation. You know, danger at the moment, but you know, at least it's a positive sign because I thought for a while they were thinking it's going to be a very long season for them. So at least winning games is good. To, uh, early season desperation derby between Western Pride and South West Queensland finished 4 2 to Western Pride. And yeah, that was another set of quick fire goals there for Pride it, from the run sheet, four in seven minutes. Yeah, I remember that too because we were talking about it. I think the goals just keep flying. And it was actually like that because the Redlands goals were flying in at the same time chronologically. It was. A crazy few minutes there. Yeah, it was. We should also probably thank uh, the Western Pride media manager for providing the updates as well. No, it was an away game. That was an away game. My bad. <laughs> well, that's what I get for trying to be nice. <laughs> uh, you can thank her for the MPLW ones later. If yes. You want. Uh, Gold Coast United gave Brisbane Royal Youth a real gut punch there. Uh, mm. 95th minute goal to win win it 3-2 for Gold Coast United. That was a great goal by Sian Cuba. Like, that, Bryce that, Baffert had a good one as well. Yeah, what yeah I I, I, we actually saw, saw the footage of the uh, free kick. That was pretty special as well. Look, um, I, I saw on the on our post game show that you know, look, Gold Coast, Gold Coast United, I think are travelling pretty well. You know, and I think they can really you know, get good put a good good accounting of themselves coming to the derby. But um, look, Brisbane Royal Youth, you know, they they're going well. It's just a couple of you know unfortunate results have gone sort of. You know, sort of yeah. against them. I don't know if they're starting to slide on form or whatnot, but yeah, look, you know, all credit to Gold Coast. They won that game. Keep an eye out. Bryce Bafford might make an A-League debut sooner rather than later, particularly if he keeps up form like that. Yeah, mm. d- a double in this game. And look, I think with the Raw youth, obviously they want to try and, you know, do as well as they can, but I feel like their priority, first priority each and every season is just don't get relegated. Yeah. Perform, to be fair, their best players are well. playing in the A-League at the moment, to be fair. Yeah, that yeah. that does actually make sense. Uh not a lot of goals between strikers in Morton Bay United. Actually, no goals. I think we, Adam and I were saying this has got a nil all written all over it. And yeah. lo and yeah, behold, nil all. It didn't sound like much happened either. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned Lions over Brisbane City and Olympic. 
Well, they only scored three, so what's going on with Olympic? What's wrong with them? Oh, no, look, I think it might be more of a case of Sunshine Coast. I think they're, they're, they're putting a good counting themselves. You know, look, Olympic Roy is going to win that game, and but I think, you know, three, actually, I think they might be you know, slightly happy with, with that. They didn't get absolutely, oh. that, that Sunshine Coast didn't get absolutely pummeled. Given they've put like 15 or somewhere between 15 and 20 goals up this season in their first couple of games, I think Sunshine Coast would be pretty happy with three against them. Yeah. So, And, you know, it was. Uh, that now puts Olympic up to third on the NPL table as well, yeah. as their media release says. Yeah. I'm just double-checking on that. Okay. And, um, yeah, two games two games in hand as well. Yeah, so, that table is starting to look like the way we all expected it yeah. would. The top four is probably going to be the top four at the end of the season. That next six is... The, the order of it might change. That's probably roughly going to be the top, the next six from fifth through ten, and the bottom five is pretty much as expected. So it's taken a few weeks, but the table has started to to take, take the shape we all expected it would. Yeah. Um, and Adam, do you just want to run us through that table there because it's not loading on? I don't know. Fair enough. Uh, well, potential power on 18 points, uh, six from six. Uh, Gold Coast United on 13. Knights. Sorry, Knights. Sorry. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> might, might be, yeah, might be the spoiler for today. Um, on 13, uh, Olympic on 12 with Lions and Gold Coast United. So that those third to fifth is separated by goal difference. And you got Brisbane Raw Youth on 10, uh, Brisbane City 9, Brisbane Strikers on 8, Magpies Crusaders 7, uh, Morton Bay United 5, and then yeah, the rest. And uh, but uh, Southworth. Uh, Southwest Queensland Thunder on zero. That's rough on them because they've actually been yeah. really competitive in all their mm. games. To not have any points yet, it's a bit rough on them. They've been really competitive, as I said. So I'm sure there's points coming for them. Can we apply the Queensland Reds principle to them where maybe they've just played sides that are better than them and they'll come good soon? At least that's what I'm hoping for the Queensland Reds. You can anyway. be very hopeful for your Reds. I'm more hopeful for the Thunder than the Reds. <laughs> Anyway, uh, moving on to NPLW scores. Morton Bay United for Sunshine Coast Wanderers 1. Um, I caught the second half of this game. Lions 7, Brisbane Raw FC NTC 0. Um, this is the first time I got to see the Raw NTC squad up close, and that is a very, very young team. Yeah. Okay. So, and about 15, 16-year-old. Yeah. Okay. So they are very young. Yeah. So And also the net result for... The two Lions teams on the night, by the way. Lions 14, opponents nil. <laughs> as pointed yeah, out on the nah, broadcast. Look, li- lion, the Lionesses, they've uh, dubbed themselves. They're, they're, um, they're, they're going to be in, it, uh, in, in, sort of the, in the contention for the Premiership and all that, I think. And as we said about Raw, Raw NTC, I, I highly doubt the season we're going to see a repeat. I think uh, General Silver's got a big job ahead of him as far as... But again, like like the boys, it is a, it's performance and development over results, I think. God, if they yeah. call themselves that, there's not a team overseas who call themselves that. There yes. might be some um, legal issues with that anyway. No, only if, not if they go for the singular lioness. Okay. <laughs> or as long as they just don't use three. Yep. FQPL results. We're going to run through these quickly. Southside Eagles three, Wolves two, uh, Logan Lightning five, Souths one, Holland Park five, Ipswich Knights four. Uh, that'll be worth checking yeah. out the highlights mm. of, I'm sure. Sunshine Coast Wanderers three, Capalabar one. Mitchelton and Rochdale drew 2-2. And I saw that game on the live stream. A very late goal for the Rochdale Rovers. And when they got their first one back to Ben and Jai on the hour mark, I thought 2-2 in coming here. It took them a lot longer, but... I'll say Mitchelton have got some attacking firepower. Keep an eye out for them. They're a team we didn't really talk about as one who might be in that promotion race. With the with the firepower they've got, I think they could be a dark horse team. Yeah. 
Sorry, just uh, yep. getting a bit of indigestion there. Um, round seven fixtures. Uh, we'll go through these quickly again. Every game Saturday night, so this might be a good time to test out how many live streams mm. you can get up and running yeah. in your browser at the same time. Super Saturday. Uh, Olympic versus Peninsula Powers. Strikers versus Lions. Brisbane City versus Eats. More, uh, Pride versus Redlands. Raw Youth against Morton Bay. Uh, Magpies Crusaders against Sunshine Coast in the, I suppose, Northerly Derby. Absolutely. Yep. And the feature game that I think all three of us are looking forward to above all else, Gold Coast Knights and Gold Coast United. That is going to be fun. Oh, like I said, I, I call it Super Saturday. I'm not kidding on that. It's like Olympic power. That's going to be someone maybe losing their undefeated run this season. And like that Gold Coast yeah. derby, that's going to be huge. And we're, we're yeah. hearing they're, they're, they're talking attendance in the thousands. So that's going to be huge. I don't know how that's all going to fit there. But I have no luck. idea either. I, 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 I can't wait to be yeah. there and actually see it. Yeah. They may very well have to move it across the road to Metricon Stadium because they'll outdraw the Gold Coast no, Suns. No, they're not moving it. <laughs> I want this in the Pritchard game. It's going to be perfect. I, but just Adam's, want, I just want to take yeah. a shot at the Gold Coast Suns, all right? That's all right. Fair enough. I'll take shots at AFL later. But that first game, someone is going to lose their 100% winning record because Power are 6-6, six six, Olympic are 4-4. Four four. So, someone's going to... Lose or draw, so that's yeah. gonna could be could be that's gonna be a great game to keep an eye. On, but the Gold Coast Derby is gonna be an amazing game. Not and only is there some feeling between those two clubs already after their cup tie last year, they're both in fantastic form to start the year. This could be, mm. this is the if you're only gonna watch one game, you said try as many as you can. But if you're only gonna focus on one, make it this game because it's gonna be an amazing game. Oh, yeah, we're 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 excited to be down there for that on Saturday night. And I. Don't know who's commentating on the games. On Rafe, which games? Rafe Griffin. Rafe Rafe's got the Gold Coast derby. Oh, that that makes it even better. Yeah. Like, as, I'm glad. Are you saying Simon's not a good commentator? No, I'm. Just... You be careful now. You've joined the commentary ranks. You be very careful. <laughs> no, I was saying I'm glad they picked the Gold Coast derby as the feature one okay. for the evening. Well so, saved. Yes. Yeah. Well saved. Anyway, <laughs> for the record, all football quiz and commentators are fantastic, excluding James. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> Scott's microphone for segment three when we come back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. All right, let's get into segment three of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here with you this evening. And, well, we're trying not to roast today in Brisbane because it's really freaking hot. Yeah, who said summer was over? Well, I maintain summer's a six and a half month season in Brisbane, much like the A League. Exactly. I'm yep. like you. There's only two seasons: there's summer and winter. And we haven't quite hit winter yet. <laughs> it's, this is this is calmer, I think, because I I go I go on holidays to the northern hemisphere to spend a winter because I hate the heat, but it's, it seemed to linger around. It's just the, it's just insane. It's, it's to be fair, I went to New Zealand in July, and even then, it was pretty warm by their standards, from what I've gathered. Yeah, but 19 degrees is warm in New Zealand. Yeah. And I know it was 12 there. <laughs> it's New Zealand, not England. Anyway. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably get on to our news segment and talk about, uh, I'd say, what's been the lead story for the Speaking week. Speaking of England. Yeah. Yeah, with um, apparently Liverpool legend Robbie Fowler named in the Courier Mail as a possible leading candidate. And before we get your two reactions for it, this is what Marcus Babbel had to say about it on Friday night. I don't know. I know he's a good lad. I know he's a top person. Uh, he was helping me a lot in my time in, in Liverpool. Fantastic striker. But I haven't seen him now, I think we lost him five, six years ago when I saw him. And um, yeah, if he would come, great personality, of course. Yeah, 
but I don't know how good he is as a coach. I don't did, know. He, did he strike you as a kind of player who might get into coaching? Okay. Did he strike you as someone who might get into coaching when you were playing with him? No. <laughs> <laughs> he was a striker. He was just thinking for goals. <laughs> So that's what Marcus Babel had to say about that, and credit to Ed Jackson for asking that question as well. Uh, Ed from AAP, obviously. I think I think we can stop calling him New Vince now. Yes, you can stop calling him that. Yeah. Yes, anyway. Um, so, Scott, you said you need a minute on that. Do I have time to go and get a drink? You probably do, because I want time on this, and I think Adam does as well. But to me, this is... They cannot do this. I mean, it's not that they take... This is the most important coaching hire for the Raw since Ange Postacoglu, and it's not that they'd be gunning here for a bad coach because we don't know that they'd be gunning for an unknown coach because he's never coached a day in his life and I don't want to hear about this this two minutes at Wontong United back in the day or Brewery Ram which it was That's it was 2011 and it was one or two games as player coach and since then he hasn't coached a day in his life and I don't think look they have to get this coaching point right and it has to be in my opinion be an experienced coach somebody who's actually coached before and we've seen what happens when you get it wrong when you because the Mariners were in the same spot after 2011, 2013, 14, Becky Park, when they lost to the Wanderers in the semi-final. And after that, they've gone the full completely away because they've got their coaching appointments wrong and wrong and wrong. And the Raw have to get this right. I mean, they just have to get it right. I mean, and I, I, they have to have an experienced coach. Don't they? Somebody who's actually coached a day in their life. If you're going to go for an inexperienced coach, why wouldn't you go for Warren Moon or Ben Khan, who've been here? An I mean, inexperienced yeah. from an A-League level. Yeah, and also the other thing is, they talked about in the story. One of the biggest selling points for him is he's broken down the raw tape really well and wowed them because he can do that. Well, Gary Neville did that on TV for many years, and when he went to Valencia, that didn't work. So, just being able to break down tape and analyze a team does not make you a good coach. You have to at least, in my opinion, have coached before. This is you need an experienced coach. It's as simple as that. And one of John Aloisi's strengths strengths, I think we will all agree, is his ability to analyse a game. Like, yeah. what we've seen him do in the media for Fox and Optus yeah. Sport, and yeah. even just in our conversations well, with him yeah. at Fan Days and stuff, yeah. he knows his yeah. stuff. I just, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't, not necessarily indicative of being a good coach, because Gary Neville is world-renowned as one of the best analysts of the Premier League, and when he got a coach and you get comfortable for him, it didn't work. Okay, so, Adam, your turn, and you're yeah. coming in off a long run. No, actually, no, not really, because Scott covered a lot um, of what I was still going to say. The only thing I want to add to that um, is simply, I don't think there's any upside for the Raw at this time. Now, I say at this time, because you know what, if it was, even if you if you rewind 12 months ago, and for some reason John Elowitzy got, you know, got sacked or he quit or whatever, you could say, okay, it's a, you got a, you got a pretty decent squad, maybe one or two additions, and you know, you'll be fine. But the Raw are in, look, let's not, let's not sort of cut. they're in a really rebuilding phase now. So you need that experience. And I believe there's just absolutely no upside for the club by pointing because one or two things are going to happen. He's only going to be a success, which means then in a year's time, you know, a guest gets to, to what point, and then he's gone because he'll, he'll is this, this is the resume builder for him. He'll, like I said, a League One club in England will come along and say, oh, Robbie Fowler will pay you more money. He's gone and we're back to square one. Or if it goes really bad, you, you have a look what's happened to Central Coast Mariners. Yeah. Look, there's not much expectation on them. You think the you think of the dramas that if, if we were to stoop to those levels because of you know say Robbie Fowler's inability to man manage the, the club or whatnot, it's going to be a complete disaster. So I just think there's just absolutely no yeah. upside at this point in time. They need as I echo yeah. Scott's call. You need an experienced coach yeah. that can manage yeah. the situation, that can rebuild, and then let's look at two or three years time. Yeah. 
I sort of just cut one criticism off at the pads because people will say that I'm a Manchester United fan, Adam's an yeah. Everton fan, you're an Arsenal fan. We're not just saying this because he's a Liverpool no. legend, as you put it. I would say the same thing. Paul Scholes recently got given the Oldham job in League One or League Two. If he got given the Brisbane Raw job with no coaching experience, I would say the exact same thing about him. They need an experienced coach. Yeah. No, it's simple this, as that. this is not about personalities. Yeah. And like I said, I'm, like I said, I've got a, you know, from my Everton point of view, I've got a deep hatred for Robbie Fowler, but that doesn't even yeah. come into it. Yeah. I look at it from a club point of view, there is absolutely no upside at this point in time for Raw Siam. Get either experienced coach or if they want to gamble with the unknown, you know what? Give Warren Moon or Carl Doig a job. At least they actually give damn about the club. And Ben Carn would as well, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, look, you throw him in as well. And look, if we are taking Premier League loyalties into it, I'd, I'd happily take Thierry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp. At least Thierry Henry is coach. I'd take Dennis Bergkamp. Thierry Henry is at least coach. It might not have gone well, but he has got that under his belt. And getting Dennis Bergkamp to Wellington may be a bit of a challenge. Getting him to Australia would be a challenge. <laughs> Also, some of the other coaches mentioned, um, Carl Robinson, the guy from um, Vancouver, I think he was their foundation coach. That shows to me he can build. If he took if he took a foundation club and built them, I think he's got a yeah. 40 or 50% win ratio, I forget the exact number. That shows me he can build a squad to Adam's point they need to rebuild, mm. and also he can win games. I think that's he was mentioned as the secondary favourite candidate. To me, that's got a lot of merit to it. Yep, absolutely. And uh, one of the other names that uh, kind of jumped out to me, just I don't know why, but... John Paul De Jong, former FC Utrecht coach. I think it's probably because Zulo, Serrata, and Tommy Orr got mm. sold to Utrecht. Mm. But it's, it's just a name that I kind of look at and think, it might not be the worst idea in the world to bring in someone who knows football, but maybe can come into this with a little bit of a plan. The only, the only thing I want is the new coach come and say, no, nope, this is what I'm doing. And if they want to put a broom through the squad, go for it. Yeah. Now... This is something that I actually thought about keeping off air, but in my late random thoughts on, um, on my, in my late random thoughts one night, I actually thought, hey, if uh, Mark Rudan is going to leave Wellington, should the Raw at least contact him? Nah, I, I think I, I think he's off to one of the expansion clubs if he's not going to stick around. I think there's no there's no question about that. It's just the one thing. Just one point. Just before we move on, it's just interesting to note that you know we're talking about Fowler, uh, Carl. Carl Robinson, Mark Wilson's another one that we're talking about in the run sheet. Um, John Paul De Jong, is it is it a sign that you know that the Raw's preference, seeing the the written and you know the professional media, um, are they saying that it's going to be a uh, overseas coach over a local coach? It seems like, it, it seems like it? that's the way it's headed. So to answer your question, yes, if Mark Rudin is moving clubs, they should at least inquire about his interest levels in the club because he's done a fantastic job turning Wellington Phoenix around. So he's also shown he can build. Yep, and also like. I know everyone wants to return to the Raw Salona days. I just want I just yeah. want a winning like a winning attitude. Like you've seen what Tony Popovich did at Western Sydney Wanderers yeah. and now he's done at Perth. I don't care if they don't play the prettiest football. Yeah. I don't care if we go to Suncorp and see them put on a defensive masterclass yeah. every week. As long as they win. Like that's yeah. what we all want from the football club. Yeah. And you know, if you yeah. agree, disagree, no. send in your thoughts on the like Facebook page, Twitter account, emails. I'm actually, I'm genuinely curious yeah. to see what, you know, the, I don't want to say the rational-minded fans yeah. are thinking, because that's what I think of our audience as, the yeah. smart ones. Um, I just kind of think that, you know, I want to know what people are actually thinking yeah. here. Well, one off the run sheet, he got sacked on Saturday, so Sunday, Mike Mulvey. Any interest at all? I can't see it happening, even in the slice, but I've seen a lot of people saying that it's a possibility. Absolutely not. Here, I here. think... 
I actually think Mike Mulvey might go down as the worst coach yeah. in A-League history to win a championship for I'm the next I'm with you on that. I'm just saying, a lot of people said and, he's an option now, so... And I will, once again, uh, you know, steal a theory from Bill Simmons. Are we sure Mike Mulvey's actually good? Are we sure Bill Simmons is any good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, look, um, another one that's been touted around as well actually got got a job for six weeks, and that's Alan Statich. You know, all, you know that, that's going to that's gonna be a fascinating watch um, the rest of the season, because he's in a... He's in a um, not for him, it's it's a, it's a no loss. You know, if 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 Mariners do what we think they are, and they're going to bomb out in the last six games, well, it's not his squad. And if they if actually get some playing good football and show some pride, I think hey, this guy can coach more than women's football. So he may be one. A, like I don't know, I'm not sure that you know. I think that hopefully the Raw have made the decision on the coaching before the end of the season. But he may be one that might emerge very, very late in the piece, depending on how it goes the next few weeks. Okay, I realize this is going to sound crazy considering what I just said about Mike Mulvey, but. Wasn't he coaching women's football before the Raw hired him? Wasn't he working with the Victory he W League? He was the side? Victory W League coach. He did, but, um, and that was pointed out to me uh, when I was arguing against Statich at the time, but also as well. But Mike Mulvey has got form both, whereas Alan Statich, across his whole professional coach career, has never coached a men's team up until Friday night, Saturday, wherever Mariners are playing, this weekend. All right. Now, look, I could, I could keep going mm. on this Raw coaching search. Um, I'm sure we'll get plenty of opportunity yeah. in future weeks. Yeah, we're going to need some filler as the season goes on. I want to keep moving on to a departure, and Shannon Brady has departed the Raw, uh, and I think we need to be a little bit sensitive about, sensitive about this because I think he's got a very loyal fan base. Who... I was going to say, yeah, be there, watch your step. <laughs> look, I'll be honest, I thought he was gone at the end of the season yeah. anyway, and this, uh, I, my guess is he's just... Uh, moved on to like he's yeah. decided to leave because he's got an offer to play NPL yeah. somewhere. I mean, it's probably very close to truth. I mean, we all thought it was leaving. I was my only surprise was it happened on Monday, not in May. And you're probably right. He may very well have something secured in terms of moving to a club at some point very soon. Because you look at it, the Raw have an injury crisis. Like the only there's one player who was fit and not named in the extended squad last week, Shannon Brady. Yeah. So that shows you where he's at was at with the Raw before his departure. I think it's. It's a timely thing. It's good for him if he's got something lined up, either MPL or trialling either overseas or another A-League club. Whatever it is he's got lined up, hopefully it goes well for him because he really does need game time and that's what really did him and he didn't play anywhere near enough here to develop when he got that four-year contract. Yeah, and I think that's probably a sign of... One of the things that you do want to see, I suppose, improve going forward with the way the A-League develops its young players is... Unfortunately for Shannon Brady, he was, I suppose, a victim of a lack of opportunities. Now, did they, did they come from, you know, an attitude issue or just from the fact that there was always someone else perceived to be better than him? Yeah. We don't know. We, we're not a training every day. He might have been first one in, last one out for all we know. But the big thing is, like, he just didn't get the thing. And I know we've had loans in the A-League for this season at the very least. Last two years. Last two years. Okay, I've lost track of what's what. But I know we've had loan options, but... Wouldn't you have loved to have seen him just given a run out at you know for an NPL club or like sent down to Victoria for an off season or something, just to give him a bit of time? Because what I want to know now, if he goes and can play, because he's still only what twenty one, if he goes and plays and lights up NPL, could he get another chance in the A League? Well, yeah, I, I think so. Look, um, this thing is, it's it's hard to deny at the end of the day. I know he's much loved, you know, by a, a section of the fan base. But unfortunately, you know, 15 senior games, I don't think it was, I don't recall any starts. It might two. have been two starts. 
we, we looked it up, obviously. Yep. His last one was in the FFA Cup loss to Melbourne Victory. Oh, yes, that's right. We can well, retain that. Yeah, yeah no, no, you're ago, right. So. Yeah. Look, look that, that's the... Over four years, I know there's been injury, but that's, that's not a good... Um, it's, it's very hard to defend. I think that for every sort of passionate support that is with him, you know, that supports him, I reckon there'd be an bigger one if, for some reason, how he got, would have got another contract given the situation. But, look, all I hope is that he goes away, he leaves the club, leaves the Raw, you know, goes and does and lights up lights it up, you know, to, to prove a point. Because you know, that's all you can hope for for a young player. There's still time yeah. for him to develop as a player. So, look, I wish him all the best. I hope he does well in his future endeavours. And, you know, and look, and I hope he does get an A-League contract, especially with the league growing. I think the Mariners... Yeah, I think he'd fit in with the Mariners at the very yeah. least because I'm pretty sure there are some players in that yeah. squad he could probably outperform. Ooh, yeah. We've seen, I just wanted to point out, like... I feel like he was too good for the youth for the youth league overall. Yep, yep. We've seen him have some fantastic games there, but he never really got that extended run in the A League yeah. side. And mm. like, it's one of those things where I suppose the likes of an Aaron Reardon or a Daniel Leck or someone, where if they get a chance in the A League, give them three, four, five games. Yep in a row and yeah. let them, I suppose, learn about the A-League and see how they improve. He never really got that after he got his contract. I mean, and there also never seemed to be a plan about when he would get that either because when he signed, they had Enrique and Thomas Broich in the, they were the key position players at the time and they had um, Brennan Brello had just broken through. But when those players all left, there was other players brought in and there was never seemingly a plan, right, this year you're going to break through. You're going to be in the squad. Every, you're going to be on the bench starting a few games never happened for him. He was always that fourth, fifth choice option, play one or two games a year and it's unfortunately led to this for him. But never, he was never given that opportunity to really show what he can do on a consistent basis. Yes, so he departs with at least no 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 hostility from this table. I can't talk for some reason at the moment. <laughs> That's right, neither can I. That's right. We'll, we'll move on to uh, something that was a footnote, I believe, in Marco's story about the Royal Coaching Search saying Joe Coletti's possibly been... It was linked. a Sydney Morning Herald story, by the way. The coaching search stuff. Okay. Oh, From so um, could... Don Boss here and Vince Rigari. Okay. Uh, sorry, I, I hear raw news, I automatically see yeah. Marco to be yeah. fair. <laughs> it was in their Friday gossip column. Yeah. So. Uh, Joe Clady's been linked with J-League clubs, Cerezo Osaka and Gamber Osaka. And that would be a good signing. That, if, he, yeah. if he plays. Oh, look, to be, honest, to be honest, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't play, I still think that, you know, to go to a, a league like the J-League, and learn learn your trade, even if it's on the bench behind some you know some you know, really really world class players. Is Endo now, still at Gamba? Or is he retired now? Uh, to be honest, I don't know. It'd be I have perfect to, I have to, to learn from. Yeah, Questions but, without notice. Of yeah, more just, of you. yeah, no, unfortunately, I don't follow J League as, as close as I should. But look, I think it'd be a great opportunity. I think, you know, he's not getting desired sort of minutes at the Raw for whatever reason. Now, to, to pick up a, you know, even like I said, even if it's a bit part role for the next two years, again, still young, yeah. can learn, you know, and come back, it's, come back or even go on. So Mitch Duke. Yeah. Mitch Duke left at about mm. the same age, went over there, spent a bit of time backing up, playing a few games. He's come back and looks all the better for yeah. it. Joe Clady could follow the same path. You never know. It, it, you do never know. All right, uh, we're going to keep going uh, quickly with the news segment and listen to what Enrique had to say on Daily Football Show last week. Uh, I look at your, your situation with Brisbane Roar and of course you've been there for a few years now. Of course you had that spell over in Thailand in between and Adelaide United as well but you remain very much a fan favourite. Now coming up to, to 34 uh, years old, you're coming off contract at the at the close of the season. So what do you feel is next for, for Enrique? Do you, do you, do you want to play on um, at Brisbane Roar or is it uh, something that you might sort of delay until the end of the season, sit down and think, you know, what do I what do I do next? 
Yes, I definitely want to uh, play on. Uh, if you look at my numbers this season, uh, with the 33 years old, so I've been playing most now that I was when I was younger. So mm. uh, age is not a problem. Uh, I've been sure that uh, I still have a lot of quality. So, and uh, I'm really motivated to to come to train every day. You know, that's the most important thing. So I want to improve every day still. Uh, that's no reason why I should stop now. It's just a matter of now uh, talk to the club and see what the direction they want to go in and, you know, if they're going to offer me a contract. But, you know, as I said, uh, I feel this as my home and, uh, you know, that's no problem if they they, they want to go in another direction. But I feel like I still have a lot to give to this club and uh, I want to keep playing on. So it's just a matter of talking, decide what to do. Yeah, so that was Joel interviewing Enrique there, and he says he's keen to still keep playing, but I'm not sure I want him back with the Raw. If he's happy to be part of a squad with no guarantees of playing time, then I'm more than happy for him to hang around. They I'd... need experienced players. They've got a lot of young guys at the moment. It's the irony is they've gone from being that super old team we saw last year to the second youngest this year. So They haven't really got that bit, middle ground of players. Yeah, having a bit of experience in the squad might not be the worst thing, but you can't guarantee him regular playing time. Yeah, in all honesty, like I love what Enrique's done for the Raw, but yeah, I, I, I would honestly, if the new coach comes in and says, no, nah, fresh start for everybody, anyone over, I don't know, 30 not named Jamie Young. The Machai Belsa strategy. Yeah, well, just something like that where you say, all right, we need a new approach. I'm going to do this. I, I, I wouldn't be against any of these guys moving the on. The Elsa strategy. James, can you get some cameras from Boston for us? They love spying. Bielsa loves spying. Leeds, you mean? Yeah. Team you like? Team you follow in Boston likes to spy. Oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> oh, look what happens. They get yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. and some, uh, suddenly someone's anyway, super confident. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Look, Matilda's jersey. Yeah. Ugh. Moving on. Yeah. I I don't like it. Now I'm on the fence. I like it. I know. I'm I'm not a fan. I I see. But see, I'm one of the. I'm in the minority here. Uh, didn't like I didn't like the Spew jersey. This one just seems like it's a weird Microsoft paint job, to be honest. It's interesting, one because at the um, Matilda's press conference, we should have probably seen it coming because one of the journalists actually was wearing that old retro jersey, and Milton just like, yeah, that's a really good jersey, that one. Yeah, so we should have seen it yeah, coming. Eric from, and um, I'm imagining that they were filming all that stuff during the week, so they probably had all the stuff done. He probably seen it, so we should have seen this coming. Yeah, the best part about the home kit: green shorts. Yeah, I am so glad that they've got that. We saw that in the Cup of Nations where they're playing, you know, yellow jersey, green shorts. That's the way the Australian national football team should look: men's, women's, juniors, whatever. I think it's going to be. Um, like I said it just seems just the, the uh, Matildas jersey last one released across you know, the the nations that qualified for the Women's World Cup. There's some really funky designs out there, so I think they're really stand, trying to stand themselves apart for this World Cup. It's very retro, some of it, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like the green jersey though. That's not all I own, that one. Yeah. Uh, congratulations uh, to Mel Andretta and Raw Corps member Chris McAllister. Uh, they picked up awards at the Female yep. Football Awards Friday morning. Congratulations to both. Yep. Yeah, well deserved. Mm. I think Chris has been instrumental yep. in work. Uh, and setting that, that up. Stuff, fantastic job setting that up. Yep. yep, and Mel's done a pretty good job coaching the Raw W League side as well, I think yeah. it's fair to say. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, done very well, no. to be fair. Yeah, that was uh, Friday morning yep. Uh, yep. for International Women's Day, and... 
the other quick stories to touch on, the Young Matildas through to the AFC Under-16 Championships in Thailand later this year, beating Laos 3-0 in their final qualifier group game. Four raw, four raw NTC yeah. girls going around in that, and that might explain why as well they're struggling at the moment in MPLW because they're all over. Yeah. In- Three started that last game, and Georgia Beaumont came off the bench with a goal and an assist. So Excellent. Not just in the squad, but contributing as well. Excellent. So mm. congratulations to them. Um, we're going to take a quick breather and come back to preview this Saturday's victory game. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. All right, we're back on the Brisbane Football Review. It's time for a quick-fire final segment with James Scott and Adam here. And, well, yeah, raw victory this Saturday night. It was shaping up to be what was going to be an excellent game, you know, maybe in the first week or two of the season. And then now it's... It's just the raw trying to play party pooper, isn't it? It uh, seems like a bit of a mismatch given on current form. I think uh, the only saving grace maybe for the raw is that um, as as we speak, uh, Victory are on a flight back from Japan. So, so yes, yeah, so that might be the only that they may rotate. But yeah, look, it's hard to see them really getting paid for anything but pride here. The raw are unbeaten in the last two games away to Victory. <laughs> so they did beat them last year about this time of the year. Oh, if you hashtag recall, raw so. positive facts. Yeah, absolutely. No, well, look, I think there is, you know, if you want to go super, super duper, you know, rainbow, sunshine, crazy optimism. That's what we're here for. There is, yep. co- there is cause, you could build a case to say, yeah, I think the Raw could pull off an upset yeah. here, but it would be a massive upset. No, when's the horse is going to run rings around Niedermeyer and Corey Brown and Broxham and... Or the backups for Niedermeyer and Corey Brown. They are the backups now, aren't they? Yeah, true. Mm. I think they've... Corey Brown's in the doghouse down there now. Anyway. More they, did, they didn't take long. No, it didn't. Oh, I think well. Broxham started left back in their last couple of games as first choice. So, well, there we go. Although Corey Brown did see in the Champions League last night. So, though my bit. my my biggest fear, unfortunately, for the Raw is, is and we're about to get onto it, is that you know when you're looking at a forward line that consists of Troisi and Tonus, uh, Toivonen, and Honda and Barbarusas, and then the Raw putting up a defence of. Uh, Oh, to be determined. Yeah, exactly. We, we, there may be a Brisbane Football Review defence. We were actually trying to work this out earlier this week. So I played a little bit of right back, so I can be run over by Barbarousas. Adam, what about uh, you? You got centre-back? I centre-back a long, long time ago. Good, you can handle Toivonen. Scott, that means a... you're going to have to crash-tackle uh, Honda in the first five minutes. And That's fine. I'm more than happy to get sent off in the first five minutes by... Um... No, we can't get you, you can't get sent off. Oh, there okay. are no healthy defenders. Just <laughs> listen to what Darren Davies had to say. Playing Bowlesy at right back. Well, we've only got five defenders, <laughs> so it wasn't too much of a decision. Um, so we've, you know, we've, we've lost after the transfer window. We've lost Luke Devere. We've lost Jack Inglet. We lost Dane Ingham all season ending. So, you know, we literally got five defenders, including young Isaac Powell, 17 years old. So, yeah, you're right in what you say. There's very limited options. So hopefully. Bowsey hasn't done anything too significant, um, and he'll be uh, be able to recover. Uh, was Isaac hurt? You mentioned um, sort of not looking back. Have you considered bringing anyone in? And I was late to see. Did you replace him? Yeah, have I considered bringing anybody in? Very, very difficult, um, because the transfer windows closed. So after the transfer windows closed, we lose three defenders season ending. Um, so now the transfer windows closed, you can only bring in you know NPL, um, 
which we wish we 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 are having a look. Um, and anybody who's out of contract in the January window, so it's it's very very difficult at this moment in time. But you know what? What I will say is that we've played Leck at right back. Daniel Leck, 19 years old. He's not a right back. He's a right winger. You know, but he comes on, he plays. So we're playing with a 19 year old right back, a 17 year old left back. So yes, it's disappointing. Yes, we were we weren't as good as we want to be tonight. I 100% agree with that. But you know, there are positives that young players are getting game time. So in short, the Raw are pretty short-staffed yeah. uh, defence, and we pay we pay a bit of attention to NPL because yeah. that's the only source of replacements the Raw could get right now. And one name uh, you mentioned, Scott. Yep, Andy Thompson. I think it's, I think he's a really good right back. He gets four, gets some crosses in. I mean, and right back's a position where there isn't really anyone available right now. With Daniel Bowles probably unavailable. Daniel Leck, as Darren Davies said in that clip, isn't really a right back, but he filled in okay. I mean, I know they've tried Jacob Alexander recently. I think he's more of a left back, but they could really do with someone. They could sign Jacob Alexander and say, guess what, you're playing on the right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, kind of the reverse Daningham yeah. situation. It's, um, yeah, it is down to the bare bones, I think, def- defensively. And, yeah, and, that's, and that's probably my biggest worry yeah. is that, you know, this inexperienced defence, yeah. you know, coming up against that, um, that attacking mob. Actually, you know what? I just realised I can't play right back Saturday. I'm working. Oh, well, we can get you out of that. Oh, It'll be going, fine. I'm going to the Gold Coast Derby. But, so. Also, a lot of people said they should play Emlyn Wellsmore at right back in this game, Baptist by fire it worked well with Isaac Powell but I, I cautioned against that for a couple of reasons number one you don't want two young guys in the side and the second reason is Isaac Powell hasn't played more than 60 minutes of a game yet so if you're going to play Isaac Powell you're probably going to start him you have to at least assume at some point in the second half you're going to have to take him off with cramp and if you're going to have Emlyn Walsmore at right back that's you would assume a similar age player hasn't played senior game yet he probably cramp up as well at some point you have to have Someone with who can get 90 minutes out, which means I think Stefan Nigo hasn't played much. You're probably going to have to play him in this game against his former club. It well, just, it just makes sense, really. But it really is. Concerning I don't think you can play both the young guys from the start and hope and pray they're going to get through. It's really concerning because like I said we don't we don't know at this at this point in time about Ruan Tongik whether he's yeah. right. I think the prog- the prognosis on Daniel Bowles isn't good. That might be a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, yeah and that leaves uh, basically Jacob Pepper as last man standing. Um, Isaac Powell and. Um, Who's the other one? Stefan Negro. Yeah. So we've got three... So it's going to be a makeshift um, yeah. defence. I've got it. Matt Mackay is playing centre-back again. Hey, it worked so well last time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we could see a debutante or two this weekend, depending on how yeah. Ruan Tongi uh, pulls up. Yeah. First debutante will be the 150th player to represent the Raw men's team. So a bit of a historic milestone coming up for someone. Potentially if not, Ellie Babal, although that yeah. may not happen based on his jersey yeah. number in your ranking system. No, no, that counts. Is, but yeah. isn't it? But if Emlyn Wellsmore makes a debut with a number lower than ninety-two, won't he be player one fifty in your rankings? No, it's order of appearance. Order of appearance. So what if they both start? Then defender by position goes first. Emlyn Wellsmore. Oh god. If it's two, if they both start, then the first player on the team sheet is the first one listed in the thing, and then the next one. That's a bias against forwards. It is. <laughs> you deal with it. They get all the glory anyway with hey, the goals. Who, hey, who's number, who's player number one for the Raw? Tom Willis. There you go. Goalkeeper. There, there we go. <laughs> anyway. Better yeah. be up there. That's a check. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, put yourself out there <laughs> Yeah, now. better be now. All right. Um, yeah, I, I honestly am not quite sure what else we really have to add on this game other than 
let's hope it doesn't get too ugly. Yeah, pray it doesn't get ugly. What was it, 5-0 in the last game or something? Yep, five, and 4-2 yeah. in the first game, which mm. was a wild and wacky first half, and the second half basically turned into a training run with, let's not get anyone anymore injured. Mm, yeah. And my big takeaway from that first game was, expecting it to rain, I made the mistake of wearing jeans. 1-0 roaring coming, ending victories, faint premiership hopes. Yeah. Sounds well, perfect to me. Yeah, well, I think it's uh, pretty much Sydney or Perth now anyway, so... Oh, I think it's just Perth. Mm, I'm, not, I'm not ruling it out right now. By no, the way... It's Perth playing yeah, Sydney far, in a couple of weeks, you know, I'm so. going to get some, um, some angry emails from Far Post Perth for making that prediction, because yeah. I, I know they don't want to... They haven't, haven't gone the crow yet. Uh, one I'm going to do it for them. One of them has. Oh, okay. Yes. All right, um... Well, I think that's going to just about do us yep. for tonight then. Uh, happy anniversary of Orange Sunday, Adam. Yeah, and thank Scott. You. Thank you. Looking forward to going yeah. and watching the tape, maybe. We'll and, and we can only hope there's an Orange Sunday for coming up, well, not this season, but maybe maybe. But mathematically, next. it's still possible they could make six. And you never know. Yeah, I think that's going to be the Jets taking that spot, possibly off Adelaide. Yeah. But we can talk about that more next week. This has been the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, get out and enjoy the football this Saturday oh, yeah, night because there is games. a lot of local yeah. games for you to enjoy. We'll be back next Wednesday to discuss it all and uh, have a good weekend.